Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing for me for just one moment. I want you to go to Judges, the book of Judges. Remember, this is not going to be a, uh, a traditional Easter message. Somebody said, this is not traditional. That's why I got on chucks with my shoe, but with my suit. Just to show you that ain't nothing going to be traditional today. Somebody say amen to that. Judges chapter 5, verse number 31, and we're just going to look at the last portion of the verse, all right? I'll read the first part, and I want you to read when it says, and, all right? So may all your enemies perish, O Lord, but your friends be like the sun as he rises in his might. Say this next part. And the land had rest for 40 years. Are you like, where are you finna go with that? That's the neighbor said, we're going on a ride. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you'd customize. Taylor, make this word for us, your people. Answer prayers today. Bring clarity today. I pray that you would move by your spirit in this place, even on this Easter Sunday. We celebrate you that you got up. And now that you've got up, Father, there's some things that we need to get up from. There's some things we need to come out of. And I declare that today, everybody under the sound of my voice, whether they're watching on a digital campus or they're here in the building, they will not leave this experience the same way they came in because we're about to have an experience with Jesus and it's in your name we pray. Somebody just holler Jesus. Jesus. Do me a favor tell today's message title to somebody on your left and your right. Just tell them to say it needed to happen. It needed it needed to happen. You can be seated 
Uh, at Harvest Church, we are in this series called All of These Issues, and we're talking about getting healing for your soul. Your soul, we've learned, is your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions, because the reality is, is that many of us, we deal with issues, and the place those issues exist are in our soul, our mind, our thoughts, our will, and our emotions. And last week, church, we dealt with the scars that are left over from the various things that we've been through. Watch me, because it can be over, but the scar from it can still remain. I wish there were some honest people in here, watch this, where you have been out of it for two years, but you're still dealing with some of the residual effects of what you've been through. You've not been in that bad relationship for years, but you still have the syndrome. Uh, you've not been in that bad situation for a while. It can be over, but sometimes you can still be dealing with the scars, and we learn from the children of Israel who were scarred from their experience. They were scarred, y'all, because for 430 years they were in Egyptian slavery. And last Sunday, we learned what those 430 years did. We learned the scars that they suffered from being in Egypt. And I just need to check the room because maybe somebody feels bad because you have dealt with some scars in your past. But can we just check the room? Is there anybody where you've got some scars from some of the stuff you've been through? But watch me. Here's the good news. Can't Jesus even heal you from your scars? Somebody just shout, he's a healer. For 430 years, they were scarred. And here's what's amazing. Mama was scarred, so she scarred daughter. And daughter was scarred, so she scarred daughter. And daughter was scarred, so she scarred daughter. Uh, daddy was scarred, so he scarred son. And son was scarred, so he scarred son. And, and so it, get, it gets passed down. A lot of what you're dealing with has nothing to do with you. A lot of what you're dealing with is because of what somebody else went through and never got healed from. Parents, I need you to hear me. The best gift you can give to your kids is you being healed. The best thing you can do for your family is you being healed. Because if you are scarred and you now produce children and you now produce people you influence, you are now going to pass those scars down to them. But I need you to know who your neighbor is. Your neighbor is the interruption to the dysfunction in their bloodline. Your neighbor is the curse breaker in their bloodline. Your neighbor is the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. And I just think if you're radical, I just think you can declare this, that the scars of your bloodline end with you. Watch this. For 430 years, it's passed down. It's passed down. The only reason they were so messed up is because it kept getting passed down. And what's amazing is that in one night, the Bible says they came out. It's called the Lord's Passover. And they had salvation in one night. Say salvation in one night. That's just like how we become a Christian. We pray one prayer, and the Bible says, if we pray it and if we believe it, we are saved. Now, this is amazing because, watch this, salvation was easy. But after they left Egypt, they began the process of change, which is called, we gave you this big church word last week, sanctification. Say it with me, church. Sanctification. That means to be set apart for God's glory. Now, watch this. That doesn't mean, watch me, if you grew up old school, Pentecostal, charismatic, you think that means being perfect. Perfection is impossible. How do you know it's impossible? Because you've been trying it and ain't been able to do it. There's only one that has ever lived perfect and sinless, and today's the day that the world pauses to celebrate the fact that he got up. And the reason that you and I, watch this, are righteous or in right standing with God is not because we've done everything right. The reason you and I are righteous or in right standing with God is because when we receive him, we get to live as if he lived. What does that mean? The Bible says righteousness is imputed for us, which means I get credit for doing everything right, even though I didn't. I need you to realize that you may have messed up a whole lot, but God gives you credit as if you live like him. Somebody say he's amazing. Say it again. Say he's amazing. 
No, 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 no. They, they, they got out of Egypt overnight, salvation. But then they began the process of change, the process of getting better from what scarred them in Egypt. And that's the part I want to deal with today because for many, salvation is the easy part. It's easy to pray to prayer. It's quiet here. It's easy to pray to prayer. It's easy to give our lives to Jesus. It's easy to cry at the altar. It's easy to snot at the altar. It's easy to get makeup all over your pastor's shoulder at the altar. That's easy. But, but let, can we tell the truth? It's what comes after salvation that's the challenge. I wish I had some honest folk in this church on this Easter Sunday morning. Salvation was easy. It's living saved. That's the challenge. So, salvation was easy. It's my sanctification because every now and then I might forget that I'm a Christian and I might want to respond to you the way I used to. I, I might want to handle this situation the way I... Where are the honest people at that can tell the truth that sometimes your greatest struggle is with who you were and who you are becoming? So, 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 so watch this. I know that this is a challenge because statistics tell us that 90% of people, after they become Christians, they fall away in two years or less. Because when they fall or make mistakes or have disappointments, they go back to the old Egyptian way of life. I need you to stop walking like an Egyptian. I need you to stop going back to what you've been set free from. I need you to stop picking up the phone and calling the people you beg God to get you away from. I need you to stop running back to the same places that hurt you, Shanda. I need you to stop running back to your Egyptian way of life. And in Judges chapter 6, this happened to the children of Israel. Watch me again. The Bible says that the children of Israel are just like us. Acts 738, you can write it down. It says that the children of Israel were the church in the wilderness. So they were you and I because you and I are the church. See, this is amazing because Jesus says, I want to live in you. Which means everywhere you are, you are my representation. Which means I don't just come to church to act a certain way. Everywhere I am, I need to realize I represent the church. So at the mall, I'm the church. At the grocery store, I'm the church. At the car lot, I'm the church. At the Somebody say, everywhere I am, I am the church. Okay, so we got to break this mentality of, watch this, when we come in here, watch this, we act different than what we really are. Instead, we got to make how we act in here the same way we act out there. And watch me. And when we make mistakes, watch this. And people are like, you're supposed to be a Christian. You're right. I am supposed to be a Christian. And proof that I am one is that had you talked to me like that last time, I probably would have snapped, crackled, and popped. But God has been working on me. This happened to the children of Israel again. They, they kept making these same mistakes. Somebody say again. You ever had somebody call you with some mess and you had to say to yourself again? You ever dealt with a situation in life you thought you had completely overcome and now you're looking at it and you're saying again? You ever had a time in life where you're like, I'm dealing with this again. The children of Israel were notorious for the same type of stuff. In Judges chapter 6, verse number 1, watch me. Here it is. We're going to go verse by verse. And then I want you to see yourself as them. Not to beat you up, but so you can have a come up. Because even for those, watch this, because there's some of you like, Bishop, this was a good word. Preach to all of the sinners today. I'm talking to the person in your O seat, and I'm talking to the guy holding this mic. Just lay your hands on yourself and say, this word is for me. 
Don't deceive yourself. The Bible says take heed those who think they stand lest they fall. Because the moment you get on your high horse thinking you're better than other people because you don't sin the way they do, God will knock you off of that thing and say, now how you like it down there? You didn't like when, watch this, you don't like being down there, so don't you put nobody down there. Don't you judge nobody. Don't you condemn nobody. Don't you beat nobody up because the same blood that I shed for you is the same blood I shed for them. Judges chapter 6, verse number 1. The people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, this is amazing. What did we learn of the children of Israel, the people of Israel? What does the Bible say they are? The church in the wilderness. So who is that? Us. So watch this. Say your name. Did evil in the sight of the Lord. Evil in the Bible. See, evil, if you, today's modern culture views evil through a Greco-Roman lens. What does that mean? You view evil as like Hades, which is a Greek mythological figure. Like, so he's a red figure with a pitchfork and got fire and all of that. That ain't Bible. Watch this. The word evil means contrary to. So the Bible says the children of Israel, say your name, did stuff that was contrary to themselves and God eyes. Why is that important? Because notice the text says what was evil in the sight of who? The Lord. Which means they didn't think it was a big deal. They didn't think it was a big deal to date an unbeliever. You ain't talking to me. They didn't think it was a big deal. They didn't think it was a big deal to go back to that bad uh, relationship. They didn't think it was a big deal to, to hang out with, with, with people that you knew didn't mean you well. They didn't think it was a big deal, even though it was contrary to them. I need you to be careful that you are not living life through your lenses, but we're living it through God's lenses. See, they didn't see it as a big deal, but God did. And God says, listen, because you want to see life your way. See, you didn't think it was a big deal to hang out with that person that's not trying to make progress in life. Now, realizing that they poison you because now they told you you're doing too much. You're trying to do too much. God can't use you. You made this mistake. You did this. You did that. And God says they were doing things that were contrary to themselves according to God's sight. And so watch what God does. And he gives them over to the hand of Midian for seven years. Let's stop right there. Seven is the biblical number of completion, which means, watch this, you will repeat until you complete. Let me say it another way. You will repeat the lesson until you get the lesson. Seven years, God gave them over to Midian and said, for seven years, I'm going to let you deal with these Midianites. I'm going to explain what that means in a minute. He says, because there's something in you that you're not getting yet. He says, I got you out of Egypt. He says, but Egypt is still in you. And he says, even though I saved you in one night, he says, baby, we got to get this stuff up out of you. He says, because you are blocking yourself from what I want you to be. Anybody remember blue blockers? The sunglasses, blue blockers. God, God says, you have been blocking what it is I'm trying to do in your life. And he says, it's because you consistently get involved with things that are evil. They're contrary to you. But you don't see it as a big deal because you think you're more mature than you are. Y'all not talking. You think you're more developed than you are. You think you can handle stuff that sometimes you need to say, God, I ain't ready for all of that. I've... How many people you thought you were ready to see an X until you got around that X and discovered that you hadn't gotten over that X? See the point? See the point? Thank you for the four honest people in the room. Watch me. Here, here's Midian. Midian means, by definition, strife. Wow. God says, I'm giving you over to strife. What's that mean, Bishop? Over to bitter conflict. Now, conflict is one thing. Conflict means a fight. Bitter conflict means I'm fighting about something else that not, actually has nothing to do with this. Bitterness is the residue of a painful experience. So a bitter conflict means when I'm fighting with you about this, I'm really fighting about something that happened 10 years ago that I never dealt with. <laughs> then it means discord. Play, play a bad chord. Play discord. Come on. 
No, a bad chord. Play a bad chord. All right, stop. Go C major. All right, all right. Y'all see how that sounds? Y'all see how that sounds? See how that sounds nice? Okay, play discord, a chord that don't exist. That's how some of y'all's life has been. Go back to C major. Discord. Watch this, watch this, watch this. God says, I give you over to discord. Which means when it sounds like it's finna change, it takes a turn and it, it puts a hurting on your ears. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? God says, then it means a struggle, a struggle. God says, I'm giving you over to struggle. And this is crazy, right? Because God, why would you do that? He says, because you will repeat until the lesson is complete. And I just believe at this Easter Sunday at 9.15, there's somebody that says, Lord, I'm ready to be at the end of my Midian. I, I just need to check the room real quick. Is there anybody in here that can say, God, I'm sick of repeating the same stuff. I'm sick of getting up thinking it's going to be a great day and then discord comes and strife comes. Then it means, watch this, a clash. The clash is, watch this, is with who you were and who you're becoming. You literally use a lot of your energy, watch this, in fighting you. You will use a lot of your energy in fighting you because watch this. You, you know, if you ever seen TV commercials, they'll say, well, you got the God on one side, the devil on one side. That ain't Bible. You have old you on one side, new you on the other side. You have it walking like an Egyptian, and you have in the promised land. And the Egyptian is like, oh, no. We just can't forgive them. Oh, no, you don't deserve somebody faithful. Oh, no, you don't deserve to have a good day. You, you, you made too many mistakes. You made too many failures. Let's come on and goes back to where we've come from. Egyptian. Knew you was like, really? Really? Knew you was like, you know you're better than that. Knew you was like, Jesus died for you. Knew you was like, you're more than a conqueror. You are more than this. You are more than what you've been through. Knew you was like, you've taken a licking, but baby, you better keep on taking. Old you was like, stop, just give up. But knew you was like, you were built for this. You were built to rule and to reign and to conquer and to subdue. Then the word mediator means competition. It means competition or rivalry. You will find yourself in competitions with people who, watch this, the only person that's in that competition with them is you. You will find yourself sizing yourself up to other people. You will compare your life to other people's life. Watch this. And here's the sad thing with social media and still be mad about where you at because even in the competition that you only created in your head, you still lose. This is why we got so many haters in the world today. We got so many people that are haters of other people in the world because they're in Midian. Come here. They're in Midian because they are busy comparing themselves and competing with people that, God, that, that aren't even thinking about them. But it's because, watch this, God says, I need you to recognize that I'm not using this person uh, to, uh, for somebody for you to be jealous of. I'm using this as somebody for you to look at and say, come on up. I need you to encourage everybody on your road. Say, I'm not hating on you. I'm not hating. Say, I want to see you do well. I want to see you. Hear me, we got too much friendly fire in the body of Christ. 
with one another or trying to tear one another down. And we ain't having that up in here. Up in here, we're going to speak life into one another. We're going to build one another. We're going to encourage. Y'all ain't talking to me. We're going to encourage one another. Slap your neighbor high five and say, I want to see you win. So watch this. Then lastly, media means strenuous effort. He says, everything you do is going to hurt. He said, everything you do is going to hurt. Everything's going to require extra strength. Talking to your cousin is going to be strenuous. Waking up is going to be strenuous. He says, everything you do is going to require strain. The Lord says, I'm giving you over to this until the lesson's complete. Wow. Jesus went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. But after he saves you, you got to walk it out. South side, walk it out. North side, walk it out. East side, walk it out. West side, walk it out. Verse 2. And the hand or the efforts of Midian overpowered Israel. And because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves dens that are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. So here's what happens. They are given over to Midian, and here's what they do. Once they start experiencing all these Midianite issues, watch me. What's the name of the series? All these issues. Once they start experiencing issues, here's what they do. They isolate themselves. See, when you start going through issues, then you'll say, oh, I ain't going to church this week. I ain't serving today. I ain't giving a day. I, I need some time. And you need to know that that is the trick of the enemy. You cannot isolate yourself. Yesterday, yesterday, I was watching this documentary about the planet, and they were showing how these, uh, these dogs were hunting uh, the uh, antelope, whatever. They were hunting something. And, and the bottom line to it is as they, they were going, here's what the guy said. He says, listen, they are looking for weaknesses in the pack. They said they're looking for weaknesses in the herd because they, watch this, they said the herd against the dogs that were hunting, hear me, he says the dogs are no match. He says, but if they can get one of the animals by themselves, I need you to not this, not lock yourself in your house. I need you to not isolate yourself. I need you to not stay out of church. I need you to not stop serving. Why? Because the enemy wants to get you isolated so that you will sit there and stay stuck in your issues. But today, I came to speak somebody out of your cave, out of your den. Somebody say, I'm not by myself. You're not. The enemy wants you to think you're the only one that's dealt with discouragement. The only one that's dealt with depression. You're the only one that's dealt with financial issues. He wants you to isolate yourself. So, so that you know you're not by yourself. Is there anybody where in the last 60 days you've had to deal with some Midianite issues? Would you stand? And the reason I want you to stand is because I want the people around you to see they are not by themselves. Somebody say, I'm not by myself. You can be seated. Here it is. Here it is. We're almost there. Verse 3, for whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. All of their progress required pain. God says, I'm going to give you over to, watch this, where you'll make progress, but all of it requires pain. I came to talk to somebody that says, does it really take all that to get this? Is there anybody where, where you've been frustrated with how much hell you have to go through just to get some progress? Where the honest folk at? Is there anybody where you just like, God, talk, all of that for this? Can I tell you, it ain't about where you're at. It's about where you hit him. And God says, you better not quit in this moment because what this is trying to do is to get you to quit. My late bishop, he tells the story. He's been, he passed away now for a little over two years, two, 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 two and a half years, whatever. And he tells the story about how he was in one city 
And he said he caught all kind of hell. And he said so much so he was getting ready to totally quit. And then, and then something else had opened up. And when something else had opened up, he said, okay, wait a minute. I discovered that all of what I was going through in that city was because of the city I was about to get to. What are you trying to say? I'm not trying to tell you you need to move because you're going with you. <laughs> What I'm trying to tell you is, is that your current pain has, is trying to stop you so that you stop making progress and you never get to your future. But I need you to know that, watch this, God says, don't you grow weary in well-doing because in due season you shall reap a harvest if you faint not. Just lay your hands on yourself say, don't get weary, don't get weary. But Bishop, I've been praying, keep praying. Bishop, I've been fasting, keep fasting. Bishop, I've been giving, keep giving. Don't you grow weary in well-doing. Verse 4. He says, they would encamp against them and devour the produce of the land as far as Gaza, leaving no sustenance in Israel, no sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. Sustenance, watch this, means necessary for strength. So watch this. They have lost their strength. Wow. You, you ever been in that place of life? You know you're in that place of life because stuff you used to care about, you don't. You just kind of roll out of the bed now and talking about, come on, what's the day going to bring? You, you just like, I just can't even do it. Stuff you used to be concerned about, you just, I don't know. I rebuke your lack of strength. And I declare that the spirit of the Lord is strengthening you so that you will fight and you will be victorious. Watch me, watch me, watch me. It means they lack strength. Verse 5, for they would come up with their livestock and their tents. They would come like locusts in number. But they and their camels could not be counted so that they laid waste to the land as they came in. Look at me. The issues were multiplied to where they were lost explaining them. You ever been trying to tell somebody what's going on and you get lost? You literally have to take notes to tell your story to people? Hold on. So now wait a minute. No. In 07. Hold on. Hold on. No. And then what well, she had said. And then after she had said that, then I. There were so many issues. Watch this. The, the issues were multiplied so that they were lost just explaining their issues. They couldn't even tell you what was wrong. Let me get in your neighbor's business. There are certain things that have been happening in your neighbor's life. Watch this. Well, your neighbor can't even articulate what it is that's going on. So they say stuff like this. It's just a lot. I'm going to get in your business because y'all ain't talking to me 915. Is there anybody where that's where you've been in some places in your life where people are like, what's going on? It's just a lot. Well, I came to tell somebody today, since Jesus got up out of his issue, you coming up out of yours today. If you believe it, shout yeah. Watch. Here's the next verse. Here's the next verse. We're, we're just about where we're going. Look at this, verse 6. And Israel was brought very low because of Midian. And the people of Israel cried out for help for the Lord. Say, they cried out for help. Look at me. When they were low, they knew, watch this, they knew where to go. Because when they were high, they were high. And when you're high, you're not here. You get beside yourself. Y'all know. Sometimes God has to bring you low because then you get some act right and stop acting brand new. Y'all not talking to me. Sometimes God has to let stuff be taken. He has to let people leave you. He has to let stuff burn down to the ground because God says when you were high, you were high. You, you, you thought too highly of yourself. You got arrogant about your life. You got arrogant about your finances. You got arrogant about everything you were doing. 
And when you're high, you're high. It's quiet in the church. Somebody say it needed to happen. It needed to happen because when they were doing good, they forgot God. Don't be the type of person that the only time you're a good Christian is really going through bad situations. Yeah, I need y'all to talk to me up in here. But let's be honest, how many of us have done that where we forgot, we stopped praying when stuff was good? You forgot that your sowing is how you got out of debt in the first place. The job you're missing church for, you got because of your giving. You ain't talking to me. We've all done that. We've all done that. We've all done that. Somebody said it needed to happen. Verse 7, when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord on account of the Midianites. Wait a minute. What made them pray? The Midianites. Somebody said it needed to happen. What made you pray? Hell. What made you pray? Drama. What made you pray? Mess. What made you pray? People walking out on you. What made you say, I want to get better when you were down at the bottom? I need somebody to take 10 seconds and give God glory for the stuff that needed to happen. 915, y'all are playing with this word. Somebody say it needed to happen. Say it again, it needed to happen. Say it again, it needed to happen. You needed that trouble in your marriage. You made a God out of them. You needed that trouble with your children. You made an idol out of them. You needed that. It needed to happen. Look, 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 look. Midian made them pray. For many, Midian brought you to church today. Verse 8. So when they cried out because of what needed to happen, here it is, we're just about done in verse 8. The Lord sent a prophet, a man of God, to the people of Israel. And he said to them, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I led you up from what? Egypt. Wait a minute. In their sanctification, God reminds them of their salvation. He says, don't you forget, I'm the one. I got you out of that cancer. I got you out of that car accident. I got you through that college program. I got you that job. You didn't earn that. I gave that to you. I, I'm the one that opened the door for you. I'm the one that revealed who your Judases were. I'm the one that did it. Every now and then, you need to remind yourself that he's the one. Yeah. Because sometimes you'll think it was because of your ingenuity. You'll think it's because of your pedigree. You'll think it's because of your degree. But is there anybody at this 915 that can say, I know it was all Jesus? Yeah. There's no explanation except Jesus. I, I can't explain it. I can't obtain it. Jesus, your love is so, it's so amazing. It makes me high up to the sky. And when I think about it, it makes me want to. Watch. Watch. He reminded him. He said, the Lord brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Verse 9. And I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of everybody who oppressed you and drove them out before you. And I gave you their stuff. He reminded them of when he saved them. Because sometimes when you're dealing with issues, you will forget your heavenly father. And while you're calling everybody else, talking to everybody else, consulting with everybody else, you forget it was nobody but God. Somebody say nobody but God. Verse 10, and I said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the God of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. 
what's this last point, 915? You stop listening, so I use your issues to get your attention. Somebody say it needed to happen. He says, you don't listen unless you're hurting sometimes. Can we be honest? Many of us have had those places in life. Thank you for the four people that were raising their hand. <laughs> if your neighbor didn't raise their hand, they got another issue. They'd be lying in church. <laughs> Just joking. Here's the truth, guys. We have all been in that place where we wouldn't listen. We wouldn't hear the word. We'd come to church and, and hear a message and, and swear up and down as for everybody else. In fact, in fact, at church, you wouldn't try to apply it to yourself. You would say, look, this is for you. And that's good to send the word to people. But, but the truth is, is that somebody said, it's for me. Somebody said, it needed to happen. Say it again, say it needed to happen. Here it is. Here's the, here's the deal. Why did this need to happen? Remember the verse we started in, Judges 5.31? I'm going to show you something. You ready? Judges 5.31. Here's the end of Judges 5.31. And they had rest for 40 years. You missed it. At the end of Judges chapter 5, the Bible says that they had rest. And in that 40-year period, 40 represents wilderness. In that 40-year period, what ended up happening, y'all, is that they started to drift. When they were no longer having to deal with their enemy, their enemy became their distraction. Because for 430 years, you got to talk about Pharaoh. Pharaoh is doing this to us. Pharaoh is doing this to us. Pharaoh is doing this to us. But the Bible says y'all had rest. It says you didn't have any enemy to fight for 40 years. I gave you rest so you could deal with yourself, but you misused your rest. You're not hearing me. He says, you misuse your downtime. You misuse your rest. You misuse the opportunity I gave you. So I sent some stuff that needed to happen. Somebody said it needed to happen. It is, in fact, the stuff that needed to happen that makes us spiritual. Can we be honest? Is there anybody where you can take, watch me, where you can, watch this, because here's what I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you to challenge how you view everything you've been through. And I need you to just make this declaration. It needed to happen. The good? No, just say it needed to happen. I'll say what I'm going to say. You just respond, it needed to happen. The good? The bad? Your mistakes? Your failures? Your betrayal? Your discouragement? All your issues, it needed to happen. I need us to take five seconds and give God praise for the stuff that needed to happen. Thank you, Father, for the stuff that needed to happen. And here's, and here's something that needs to happen now. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're in this room, you can raise your hand. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. 
Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.